time to, uh, to, to begin. Um, we're getting ready to have an opening prayer, and then I'll introduce Chris. But uh, I know that, well, most of y'all know that Bruce Shaw's in the hospital, but I don't, hadn't heard an update today. I know Eddie went to, on the way, so yes. Oh, there's Debbie. Hey, how's it going? How's Bruce? <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. What? He'll, okay, hopefully he'll get to go home tomorrow. That's great. Yeah, just ask, does anyone else know about Bruce besides Debbie? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. But she's here and not there. So, And Joe Dan got to go home, from what I understand. Is that correct? Joe Dan is home. Great. And uh, Well, that's wonderful. So we'll, we'll keep them in our prayers. Uh, Eddie is at Stafford, so it's not that long of a trip for him. Alan and Janice are back uh, with us. And so, welcome back. We'll have a prayer, and then uh, and then we'll we'll get started with this process. Let's 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 bow. Our heavenly Father, we we come before you, grateful for times like this, where we get to come together as a family, as friends, uh, as students, as, as disciples. We are so grateful that you give us times of encouragement like this, where we get to refuel and get ready for for the rest of the week. We are, we are grateful for the news that Joe Dan is able to go home. We pray that you'll continue to be with him while he's uh, recuperating. We pray for comfort for him and a speedy, a continued speedy recovery. Uh, we are thinking about Bruce tonight, and we, we pray that you will be with him and that he will be able to go home tomorrow if it's your will. But thank you for, for he, he and Debbie being in our lives and the blessings that they are. We ask that you be with Eddie. Uh, tonight uh, with his lesson be with Chris tonight with his lesson and bring and t get we pray for their safe return to their homes thank you so much for giving us Jesus the example that he is and we pray that we'll follow that example more more uh, more than we have um, more zealously than we have thank you for uh, for the way that you give us opportunities to serve you. We're grateful that Stan and Edie are back with us uh, in their service to you. And we, we are, look forward to hearing about your work there. Uh, thank you for them as well. Thank you for forgiveness. We ask now to for forgiveness for the things we've done against you and the things we haven't done that we should have. Thank you for that. And thank you so much for the way that you're patient with us. And we pray for the same patience, the same kind of love that you have for us. That We pray for that for, with other people and with ourselves. Thank you so much for this time of, of learning once again. And thank you so much, most of all, for Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Chris Hodges is with us tonight. He's from Katy. He is the associate minister over at Katy. He's been there for three years. Um, he's been in ministry for 14 years altogether. He, he moved here from Florida. And uh, he, uh, he kind of likes Florida. I've been in his office. He likes baseball and Florida and Florida baseball. <laughs> and so it's an amazing, if you ever are in the area, just stop by and see his office because it's, it really is something to behold. It's an awesome place. He is a graduate of Freed Hardeman University uh, with his Bible degree. And you have your master's degree. I do. Yeah, you have your master's degree as well. Um, from there, mm -hmm. his Masters from Fried Hardeman as well. Uh, his wife is Ashley, daughter Laura, and then ten year. Laura's ten. Yes. Ten, and then uh, Matthew is four months old, and he is here somewhere. Well, he's with he's with Ashley. So you'll get to meet them all together in just a little while. But Chris, we're going to let you come up and talk. We're looking right. forward to your lesson. Preach the word. <coughs> 
Well, good evening. I am grateful for the opportunity to come back and to have this privilege to study God's Word with you and get to uh, see familiar faces and enjoy the fellowship uh, with you. I love being here last year, and I was grateful for the invitation to return this year. And so thank you so much uh, for having me. Tonight we are going to be looking at a lesson that is entitled, The Great Physician. Now, if you're like me, you probably don't like being sick. I, uh, my wife would tell you when I get sick, I'm the biggest baby you've ever seen. And I would have to agree with her. That, that is true. Um, but I, I don't like being sick because I feel miserable. And also that fear of having to go to the doctor. Say, I don't want to go to the doctor. Why? Well, I'm afraid he's going to, uh, you know, say that I've got some crazy disease or he's going to pull out that needle and give me a shot or put me on some medication. And uh, so I, I'm a little resistant at times at going to the doctor. However, I have found that when I'm really sick, uh, I can be as resistant as I want to be, but eventually, if I'm going to get well, then I've got to go to the doctor, and I've got to receive the proper treatment. And so, generally speaking, once I do, and I receive uh, the treatment uh, that helps me get better, I'm grateful that I went to the doctor, except when the bills come. Uh, that, but that's altogether a different issue. Uh, but you are grateful to go and, and have someone who has studied that his all his or her life, and they are able to diagnose uh, the problem that you have and give you the right treatment so that you can get well soon. But what about spiritually speaking? You know, spiritually speaking, there are times without question that we just don't feel well that things are going on in our lives and, and we know that they're problematic. You've got trials, you've got tribulations, you've got pain, you've got suffering, you're lying awake at night just worrying about this and worrying about that. You're, you're shedding tears of pain and, and questions of, of, of the unknown. What about this and, and why is this happening and and all of, of these worries and burdens that, that we carry upon ourselves. Do we have someone to whom we can turn? Jeremiah asked the question in Jeremiah 8 and verse 22, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? When, there, when then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? And so the question he asks, is there a physician who can help us, who can heal us, who can comfort us as we are going through this great pain and suffering? And the answer emphatically throughout the scripture time and time again is yes, there is a great physician and his name is Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2, we read of a prophecy that Jesus in Luke 4, 18 through 19 applies to himself. Isaiah writes, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, 
Because he has sent, has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so Jesus is saying here, as he applies this to himself, that I am the one who is coming to proclaim good news to the poor. I am the one who is coming to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Elsewhere, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 through 13, Jesus says these words, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And so Jesus is the great physician. He has come to this earth in order to heal the sickness of our soul, to take away the pain and the suffering, to help us through the trials and the tribulations that this life brings our way. And so I want us to consider three points, three things that Jesus has to offer to us as the great physician. Number one, he offers salvation for the lost. Salvation for the lost. Now the truth is, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? Paul tells us that in Romans 3 and verse 23. Now, I know that some would deny that. Some would say, oh, I'm not a sinner. I'm a relatively good person. But if we really look at ourselves in the mirror of God's Word, we see that we are sinners, that we do not measure up, that we have rebelled against God in some form or fashion. And because of sin, then we separate ourselves from God. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 it's our sins that separate us from God. See, God doesn't leave us, but we leave Him. We create a separation in that relationship with Him because of our sins. And as a result of that, according to Ephesians 2 and verse 12, we are without hope and without God in this world. And I know that you probably understand the value of hope. And you've been in situations where you feel hopeless. But I assure you, without Jesus, there really can be no hope. You have no hope of a better future. And so without God, because of sin, then we are without God and without hope in the world. In Ephesians 2 and verse 1, we are dead in our trespasses. And we will then, because of sin... Without Jesus, we will face the wrath of God. Uh, we read that in Romans 5 and verse 9, that we will face the wrath of God. And if you want to make a note of 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, the wrath of God is not something that we want to face. When he comes in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who know not God and who obey not the gospel, it's not a pretty sight. It's not something that we want to be a part of on the day of judgment. We want to be right with God, but because of sin, we are not right with God unless we do something about it. 
And like I said, sadly, many live in denial of this, and they see no need for Jesus. They see no need for repentance in their lives. And as a result of that, that will lead them to a path of destruction. And it's no wonder that Jesus would say that the first step to spiritual healing, if you will, from the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Being poor in spirit involves humility. It involves swallowing your pride and seeing yourself for who you truly are. You see, it's easy to look in the mirror and to think, oh, I, you know, that you're great at this, or you're special here, or you're better than this other person. But when you look into the mirror of God's Word and you see yourself for who you are, you have to swallow that pride and you have to recognize that you are a sinner who desperately needs Jesus. And so, blessed are the poor in spirit. And then he goes on in verse 4 of Matthew chapter 5 to say, blessed are those who mourn. When you're poor in spirit and you see yourself for who you are, then you're going to mourn for your sins. Because naturally, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be in that condition. And you're going to want to do something to change that. So you mourn for your sins. The good news is, the story doesn't end there. It doesn't end with just you being a sinner. There's more to the story. We're told in Romans 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if you pick up in Romans 3, and verse 24, we read this. And are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood. So the story doesn't end with mankind being doomed with no hope whatsoever. The story continues with a Savior, with a physician named Jesus Christ, who has brought salvation to the lost, who has brought it and made available to everyone who would come to Him. And so Paul goes on to say in Romans 5, verses 9 and t uh, through 11, Since therefore we now have been justified by His blood. Note that. We, we talked about the end of verse 9 just a moment ago about the wrath of God, but note what happens when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. We don't face it. Why? Because because of His blood, we're declared innocent. We're declared redeemed, free. We are pure in the eyes of God because of the blood of Jesus. Thus, we don't face His wrath. For if we, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. Much more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. And so you go back to Isaiah 59, talked about the separation that came about as a result of sin. Well, now because of the cross, there is reconciliation. We are able to have that 
relationship with God restored by the blood of Jesus. And we talked about in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, right? Uh, so, therefore, we think about being in sin without hope, without God in this world, being destined to death, a path that leads to destruction, but continue on in Romans 6 and verse 23, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You don't have to die. You don't have to die in your sins. Instead, there is a gift of eternal life that is found in Christ Jesus. And as a result of that, if we are in Christ, if we have put Christ on in baptism, we have clothed ourselves with Christ, been immersed, have His blood wash our sins away, then we can have the confidence like Paul to say in Romans 8 and verse 1, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. What a thought. What a blessing to be able to go home tonight and to put your head upon your pillow and to know that no matter what may come tomorrow, and certainly when we turn on the news, there's crisis everywhere. There's so many things about which, rightfully so, we, we could worry and, and, and be stressed out. But we can know that because we are in Christ, our names are written in heaven. We have, we have a, a better place to go and we can have that confidence of salvation in Christ because His blood has washed our sins away. And so we thank God for our great physician, Jesus Christ, who brings, number one, salvation for the lost. Number two, He brings comfort for the suffering. I don't think I have to spend much time proving to you that life is difficult. You have faced your trials and your tribulations. You have your own story of pain and suffering. And we could all go around the room and share stories that probably would bring most of us to tears of the pain and the suffering and the heartaches that we have endured here upon this earth. Maybe not just in the past, but some are currently enduring. And what some of us in the future will endure. The fact is, life is difficult. And without God, I don't know how anyone can make it. How anyone can persevere. You see, when we're going through those trials, those tribulations, when we are walking in the valley of the shadow of death, we need our great physician. We need our great physician to provide comfort for us because we are in pain and we are suffering. And the good news is that our great physician provides that for every one of us. In First Peter 5 and verse 7, we are encouraged to cast our cares upon Him why? Because He cares for us. Cast our cares upon Him. Too often we want to do just the opposite. We want to carry our cares with us and try to fix our own problems. Has that ever worked out for you? It hasn't for me. 
It, it just creates so much chaos in my life, so much stress in my life that I'm losing my hair, okay? I mean, <laughs> you just, we need our great physician and he is there saying to us, cast your cares upon me. I care for you. I want to help you. I want to carry them for you. We read in Hebrews 13 and verse 5 that He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And as a result of that, that brings about confidence that we may say, as Hebrews 13 and verse 6 records, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. If we have God, if we have our great physician, doesn't mean that life is, is going to be without pain and without suffering. But what it does mean is we're going to have someone who's going to be there with us each step of the way, who's going to help to carry that burden, who's never going to forsake us. And, and, and we can have that assurance knowing that His strength, His power, His comfort is available to us if we would only take advantage of it. We read in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3 that He is the God of all comforts who comforts us in all. Underline that word in your mind. All our afflictions. He doesn't just pick and choose and say, well, I'm going to help you with this one, but not that one. No, He's the God of all comfort who comforts us in all afflictions. There for us, no matter what it is that we are facing. We may have people here upon this earth desert us and, and not be the kind of friends and family that they, that we thought that they would be, right? But we can rest assured that Jesus will not desert us, that He will be there each hour in each situation to provide the comfort that we so desperately need. And with Him as our high priest, Hebrews 4 and verse 16, we can then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. With confidence we can approach. He's our high priest. He has made that available. Because of Him, we have access to the throne of grace. And we can come to that throne of grace any hour of any day and have the assurance that we will find mercy and that we will find grace to help us in the time of our need. I don't know about you, but I, I think about if I needed to call, let's say, the President of the United States of America at 12.30 a.m., the chances of my getting a hold of him, zero percent, right? Um, but... Even greater than the President of the United States of America, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, someone who can truly help Jesus Christ, our great physician, any hour of any day, in any situation, any place, whatever it is we're facing, He's there. And we can approach Him and He will be there to help us, to give us the mercy and grace that we need. And so indeed, Psalm 147 and verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. As He told His apostles, this applies to us as well. Truly, truly, I say to you, 
you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. Yes, we'll be persecuted because we are a Christian, but note this, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. Yes, it's going to be difficult, but let me assure you, it's going to be worth it. And I'll be there with you so that your sorrow will be turned into the joy. And so without question, Naaman 1 and verse 7, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in Him. And in John 10 and verse 11, He is the good shepherd who will help us in any way. And if we have any doubt, look at how far He went. He was willing to lay down His life for His sheep. So tell me that He won't help you in any way that you need. He's done everything for you. He gave His life for you. And so we, we think about, can our great physician give us comfort? Can He help us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death? No doubt about it. And that's why David would say, speaking of God as the good shepherd, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Because of God, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and we can overcome, we can persevere. And so our great physician, praise be to God, number two, he provides comfort for the suffering. And number three, he provides hope for the future. You know, the future can be scary. I, I think about events that have transpired over the last several months. We could cite many things we, we have read about, we have seen on television things that have occurred. And I, I think it's safe to say we would all agree the future is a little, un, a little scary, a little unknown. What, you know, what's going to happen to, to our country? Uh, you know, what's going to happen as we think about our individual lives? What, what's going to happen, you know, as, as I think about Ashley and Laura and Matthew? How are things going to be a year from now, five years from now? And, and um, those are questions I have and, and questions that uh, sometimes when I think about the answer to, I, I can become a little uh, uh, pessimistic and, 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 and fear the worst case scenario. But I'm here to tell you tonight that with Jesus as the great physician, there is hope for the future. And I want you never to forget forget that. I want you to have your eyes focused on Him and the future that He has planned for you. Because this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through, right? And so, yes, there may be some difficulties that will come up in the future here upon this earth. But for the future, our home in heaven, what awaits us on the other side? There is hope for every one of us. Jesus said to his apostles, preparing them for his departure. But also words that speak to us today. In John 14 verses 1 through 3, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Why would they be troubled? Well, Jesus is about to go. He's about to die upon the cross. And after that, after the resurrection, He will eventually ascend back to heaven. And so, let not your hearts be troubled. Okay? Think about that for you and me. You turn on and, and you listen to the politics that's going on. Or you turn on the nightly news and you hear about the crime 
that's taken place. Or maybe you hear about this sickness and, and you're going through this difficulty and you're wondering about, you know, job security and, and other stuff that are real issues. But again, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, if I go, well, he's already said he's going. He can't lie, right? So he's going. He has gone. So if I go to prepare a place for you, so he has, what does he promise? I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I want you to think about the fact that the carpenter, Jesus has gone to prepare a room for you. More beautiful than you can even imagine. That yes, this life is difficult. Yes, the future here upon this earth can be a little scary and be a little uncertain at times. But let not your hearts be troubled. You have a home in heaven if you are a disciple of Christ. Think about the future that awaits you. And because of that, Paul is able to say in Romans 8 and verse 18, For I consider... It's actually a, a, a math term here. I've done the math. I've added it up. Alright? Um, I consider that the present sufferings of this world... And do you think Paul knows something about suffering? 2 Corinthians 11, look at the list of sufferings that he endured. No doubt about it. He knows what it means to suffer. He says, I reckon that the present sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to us. He said, yeah, life's difficult, but it's worth it. Hang in there. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. It's worth it. The glory that shall be revealed to us. Oh, we have a future. We have a bright future. Peter would write in 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and I want you to note these words, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. That inheritance is yours if you're in Christ. Do you have a future? Yeah. It's kept in heaven for you. It's undefiled. It's more glorious than we can even imagine. And so we read in Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Hold to it, cleave to it, because you're going to need it in times of pain, in times of suffering, in times of doubt. You need this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. He's already gone and, sh and, and, and shown us the way. It's a reality. 
having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then in Ephesians 1, 18-20, Paul would write, praying that the Ephesians would have their eyes enlightened, that they would know what is the hope to which they have been called. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ? You see, Jesus is our great physician. And as our great physician, he provides salvation for the lost. Well, that's for you and me. And if we accept him as Lord, put him on in baptism, clothe ourselves with Christ, then we have that salvation. And then, because we are in Christ, he provides that comfort for the suffering. He's going to be with us each step of the way, every day, whatever pain, whatever obstacle. He's going to walk with us. He's going to provide the strength. He's going to provide the mercy and grace that we need to make it. That doesn't mean He's going to remove everything. You might remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul prayed that his thorn of the flesh be removed. The answer was no. But he was promised grace. Grace that was sufficient for Paul to make it. And so he provides that for us. He doesn't remove every pain and suffering, but he helps us through it each step of the way. And as we walk the Christian walk and stay faithful to him and endure no matter what, then we can rest assured that we have hope for the future. That our names are written in heaven. That when the Lamb's book of life is open, our names will be called and we will hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your reward. And this, my friends, is only possible because of our great physician. And praise be to God that he is real and that we have access to him every day. And my encouragement to you is to go to the doctor. Go see Him every day because you need Him every minute of every day, each step along the way. He's there to help you. And so rely upon Him. Use Him because He wants to see you in heaven. He wants to look upon your face as you look upon His face. And I can only imagine the smile that will be on His face as He looks at you being a proud brother who co-reigns with you. Oh, I can't wait for that day to see our great physician. Thank you so much this evening for your kind attention. It has been my honor to be with you.